What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to the Rockcast brought to you by Onyx Hunt Maps. Jordan here. And in this episode, we are going to discuss boots and footwear, choosing the right boot for you. And we're going to loop back an old episode, probably it's like six or seven, way back a couple years ago when we started. We had a Rockslide member, Chuck Brenton, on from Colorado, and he's done a lot of mountaineering and backpacking. And so we just discussed boots and why there's a little bit of a like a misconception out there of why some folks think they need a full shank or a super stiff mountaineering boot to go do any kind of a hunt in the mountains. And it's just simply not true and it's very dependent on the person. So Chuck runs through that really well. And I'm going to touch on a few things about boots here before we get started with Chuck. But before that even starts, I want to talk about a new product out on the market now. It is called the MagView digiscoping adapter and a few people have got it we're going to hear from Robbie in just a second on what he has thought about the system now that he's used it a little bit um, but they make a adapter for your spotting scope and then they also make one for your binocular but the one I have been most interested in just because I typically uh, use a spotting scope to digiscope off of um, just because I want to get an extra close-up view is the S1 adapter. Uh, the adapter goes on to the spotting scope. And one thing I really like about it is it basically has a eyepiece cap integrated into it. Thus far, what I've seen, I haven't got my hands on one. It looks like a really fast system. But Robbie has got a hold of a couple of them. And we are going to hear from him right now. It, 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 kind of one of the pros of it, it's a very lightweight system. All you get in the system is a ring that goes on your eyepiece. So on the S1, it's it's a ring and a dust uh, cap. Um, and and it's, um, it, it just opens. The dust cap just opens like a door. Okay. And so the, the magnet on the S1 is in that dust flap. On the B1, it's in the ring itself that goes on the binocular. There's no dust cap. And the the it's a rare earth magnet and that is in that ring so the magnet's not on your phone the magnet's on your optic and if anybody watched my our youtube video we have a whole video on uh, the rock slide um, youtube channel you could just jump on there three or four minute video i go through the whole thing on two different optics but i did not explain clearly the magnet is in the rings okay the magnet is not on the phone on your phone you put on a, a steel plate that um, has some adhesive and, and this is what makes it universal. It doesn't matter. I mean, you can stick it right to a phone without a case. You can stick it to a phone with any case. I mean, it, it just sticks on and, and then it stays and it's thin. Gosh, I think it even said like a half an ounce. It might even be less than that. I mean, it's, it's almost paper thin. And then once that's on your phone case, then the ma that's what the magnet is sticking to. Okay. And so um, it'll, it'll, I've got an iPhone 11. Um, but we've already got guys on Rockslide using it. Tony Treach and uh, Kyle Virgin are, are both testing in the field right now. We all have different phones. I don't remember what their phone specs are. But once that plate is on there, it doesn't matter what phone. That's what makes it universal. Then it's just a matter of getting it lined up with the ring, with the magnet in the ring. And um, we had some YouTube questions, like uh, kind of both ends of it. Like guys were like, gosh, I don't, wouldn't want that strong of a magnet near my phone. But I've checked it. It's not it doesn't seem to be interfering with anything on my phone. And now I haven't used my compass on my phone, right. When I'm looking through the spotter because I never would, but as far as 
changing any function on my phone. It has not done that at all. And then on the other end, guys were saying, gosh, that's probably falls off pretty easy. No, it doesn't. It takes a, a little wedging to get it off of there. You know, it's, it, it's, it's, it's solid. Once it's on there, I'm not having any problem with it moving. So there you go with Robbie's rundown. Give MagView Digiscoping adapters a look at magviewgear.com. All right, time for a little break to thank our sponsors. First, we have Onyx Hunt Maps, a great tool to use in the field and at home for mapping out all of your hunts. If you use code ROCKCAST at checkout, you will get 20% off your Onyx membership. Go to onyxmaps.com forward slash hunt. And then on the mountain and here at home, I love coffee. So uh, Black Rifle Coffee has an option for everything. Um, Instant coffee on the mountain. That's a little more darker roast. If you like a little lighter roast, you can use their steeping bags, which are great for backpacking and uh, just backcountry use. You go to uh, blackriflecoffee.com and use code ROCKSLIDE at checkout. You'll get 20% off your first order. And then activejunkie.com is a great uh, website where you can get cash back on purchases uh, through over 1,500 brands and retailers. So go to activejunkie.com forward slash rockslide, get signed up for a free account, uh, go to the brand or retailer you want to purchase from, click through the Active Junkie website to that and make your purchase like normal. Active Junkie will give you up to 20% cash back via a PayPal uh, deposit or they will send you a check to your mailbox every 90 days. So go check them out, activejunkie.com forward slash rockslide. They've got some of the brands and retailers that we love set up on there. And then firstlight.com, first light clothing, love them for hunting. Um, They have some new waterfowl apparel that's going to be coming out pretty quick. And I always like mentioning that first light does have some waterproof duffel bags that are fantastic. Three different sizes. Um, The two bigger ones have backpack straps, which is nice for carrying through the airport with all your stuff. So if you're interested in any of that, go check out firstlight.com. And with that, we're going to dive back into the episode. So before we get in with Chuck, I want to talk about um, a few things. If you're looking at some boots or uh, and whatnot, just covering some of the basics, let's say. So uh, first off, your options for like your materials. So leather, and that's probably going to be, I would say, you know, for hunting boot, most people think your standard leather boot. Um, but there are also synthetic boots or synthetic Um, you know, material options, and they even have a blend of both of those things, which I do have a pair right now that I've been using that are the La Sportiva, which is a mountaineering company. They have a boot called the Equilibrium. It is, uh, it reminds you of a McDonald's boot because it's yellow and red. Um, I like the color pop myself, but they are a little flashy. Uh, That is, that specific version of that boot is the LT and that is a leather synthetic blend. So what they're doing there is they're trying to give you like the best of both worlds uh, combined into one boot. But when you're looking at the differences of those, um, you know, leather is really good. I mean, it, obviously it's really hard to beat. has a ton of really uh, good qualities for, you know, as far as like the the lifespan of them. You can get 
a really long lifespan out of a pair of leather boots if you take care of them and um, keep them conditioned and things like that. Pay a little bit of attention of like um, when you're when you get them wet and you're drying them. Pay a little bit of attention to that because they can shrink. And I will throw. I had a pair. I'll just do it right now. I had a pair. Uh, happen like that. I had the, the Kenetrex. Um, we went on a hunt in October. It was, it snowed and it was a nasty, like really wet snow and just miserable to be in. Those boots got soaked. We made it back pretty late that night to camp with an elk and started a fire and I put my boots right next to the fire. And the next morning when I put them on, the toe cap seemed to have been a lot uh, smaller than it was the day before. So that happened. I think, you know, they stretched out a little bit from then, but they were not like I purchased them. Um, and then it happened again later season. Uh, it was one of those deals. It was like same thing. November, we got, um, a snow here in Nebraska. It was really wet. It was kind of like warmer temps for November, but we got a lot of snow. It was wet. I brought them into the house. The first thing I did before I went to bed is I threw them on the boot dryer when they were still pretty wet. I woke up the next morning and they did not fit my foot the same ever again. So something to consider there is, you know, leather can stretch and and that is one thing I've I've heard from folks, especially if you're in really steep country and you're dealing with a lot of side hilling where you need to have a lot of, um, that like you're lacing around your foot, like it kind of needs to be on point is when you get those boots wet, they start to stretch. You're doing a lot of side hilling. They will stretch in there. Your foot is going to get a little sloppy in them. So that is one thing about leather that isn't fantastic, but there are a lot of great things about leather. Um, Natural breathability is good. Um, natural, just water resistance, waterproofing is good. Um, uh, they're typically like a little heavier than your synthetic options, but again, the lifespan, um, the uppers on them things, if you take care of them, are going to last a long time. And a lot of these companies that are selling the really good leather boots, they are going to have an option for you to send them in and replace the sole once the sole goes out. So, a lot of times you're going to wear the tread down on your sole before the upper goes bad or if that's even a thing going bad. Um, you can send those in. They will keep your same upper. They'll toss another sole on it for you. And um, from what I've seen, like, or from even from what I've heard, you can do that like two, three times. So you can really expand uh, the lifespan of your leather boots definitely over your synthetic options. Um, with that comes a little steeper price tag for the most part. Um, they're a little heavier and more burly. They're definitely more abrasion resistant, which uh, can be a, a serious issue with some of the synthetic materials. Um, they might not be that abrasion resistant. I went through that with a pair of boots that I had this year in Alaska. I've talked about the Slewa Raven 3. Um, and one thing about those boots is like, I am not, I loved those things, how they fit, um, the performance on them from, I guess, just like a, a comfort and how they handled, uh, the steep terrain and things like they were awesome. Um, but their one downfall was 
they weren't that abrasion resistant on the sides and going through all the rock slides and being in rocks all the time like we were it just finally like shredded them down um which isn't good obviously but i will say for lower 48 type stuff unless you're doing like goat hunts all the time or sheep hunts all the time when you're in really rocky terrain for the most part like mule deer and elk country um those boots would have been fine. Like it was really hard. It's going to be really hard to replicate those, um, those conditions that we were in where they finally just kind of got worn down. But if you're doing, you know, goat hunts and sheep hunts all over all the time, you know, they might not be the greatest option for you. So just something to think about there. So, uh, the upsides of synthetic usually like really breathable, um, really lightweight as compared to leather. A lot of those synthetic uh, materials are lighter weight. And gosh, what else about those boots? Um, those are, that's kind of the big thing, like lighter weight and a little more, I don't want to say cost effective, but they're just cheaper to buy typically. Um, but you just don't get a lifespan. So that's something to think about. You know, you might pay a couple hundred dollars less for a set of synthetic boots than leathers. Um, but you just kind of have to know that you're not going to get the lifespan out of those synthetics as you are the leathers. Um, so just a couple things to think about there. There is that equilibrium boot, and I'm sure there's more that they blend those two together. So in like the high stress areas, they will integrate some leather for its abrasion resistance and just overall like toughness. Um, and then they'll put synthetic options or synthetic materials in the other places that don't get as much, um, don't get as much abrasion if that, or get as much, they don't get worked over as much and then they can lighten them, lighten the boot up in those areas. So I've got those equilibriums. We'll see how they work. Um, so that's what I got there. And then boot height is another one I talk about that some guys have asked me, um, Oh, and ladies too, obviously, um, have asked me about boot height and like what I like and why I like the short ones and whatnot. So I would say there's kind of two levels to your boot height. There's kind of that like five, six inch, maybe seven inch mark right in there. And then you get up to like tall boots. And I would say if, you know, you grew up hunting and you're just, you, you know, you always like went into Cabela's or went into whatever retailer and there was like hunting boots on the wall. Most of them were pretty tall. They had pretty tall uppers. Um, there are definitely advantages to that. Um, in my opinion, I think that you get more mobility out of a shorter boot. So I really like this, like the six inches, um, the six inch mark ish of boot tops. Um, seems like it gives you good mobility. I don't like wearing gaiters a lot. So unless it's like snow on the ground or I'm planning on going through water or a lot of like wet vegetation, I won't wear, um, I won't wear gaiters. I just won't do it. So, um, for the most part, I would say, uh, there's obviously exceptions to everything or just what I'm feeling like on the day. If I feel like, um, wearing them or not. Anyways, I think with a good gaiter and a six inch boot height, um, 
you don't have to wear the gator all the time if it's nice weather. You get a little more mobility out of them. You get into a situation where you're going to be in inclement weather. You're going to be walking in snow or walking in wet vegetation or crossing creeks or rivers or whatever. You can throw those gaiters on. And if they're a good pair of gaiters and they fit pretty dang tight around your boot, um, they're going to make up for what you lose in not having a tall upper. Which I, in my opinion, really, and I talked to Kendall with Crispy about this, uh, and he's like, it's basically a personal preference on what kind of you know boot height you like um, or you prefer. I like the six inch paired with a gaiter. I think that's good. Um, if you really don't like wearing a gaiter and you're going to be in a lot of like deep snow or crossing creeks and rivers and things, like maybe that higher boot height, um, the taller boot height is going to suit you better. But um, there's really no right or wrong on boot height. It's personal preference. It's what you like. Um, just try them out and see what you think. Uh, and then next up, I think it's a, obviously it's very important to get a boot that fits your foot. So my foot is very, very much my foot. Like it's probably a lot, not, it's probably not like yours at all. Um, and your foot is going to be different from dang near everybody's. So, you know, if I tell you that like, Hey, my favorite boot is this and you go try it and it, just doesn't fit your foot, like, don't wear it just because I said I thought it was the best boot. It's probably the best boot for me that I found that fits my foot, but if it doesn't fit your foot, by all means, keep trying other ones on and go with what fits you best. Um, my foot is pretty narrow. I like a, I like a narrow boot. Um, Crispy makes a lot of nice narrow boots. The Brickstool is by far my favorite. Um, and there are a lot of other companies that make a, a slimmer boot. If you do have a narrow foot, sometimes it, it can be tough to find some narrow boots. Um, that honestly is where some of those mountaineering companies like Salewa and La Sportiva, um, if you have a really narrow foot, um, the Scarpas seem to be really narrow. They're too narrow for me in the foot box. Um, but they are also an option. That's kind of where I found like the skinnier boots have been from the law or been from the mountaineering side of things. Um, whereas from hunting companies, for the most part, they seem to be more like middle of the road to wide on, um, on how wide they are. Um, I've found like that those crispy, uh, Brickstals are pretty skinny. Like they're, they're like a very, they're still a leather, um, still a leather boot, pretty stiff, not overly stiff. Um, and, but they are like pretty technical and like very narrow boot. And I really like those. Um, the Colorados aren't quite as narrow as the Brickstals from Crispy, but, um, they're still like right in there. And, you know, they, Crispy offers some wide sizing as well. So if you try them and you like them, but they could be a little wider, you could try some wider sizes. Um, but it's important to get a boot that fits your foot. So um, just because somebody says this is a fantastic boot, if it doesn't fit your foot, you're going to hate it. So make sure to just keep trying them on and all that stuff. Um, a good rule of thumb for fit-wise, if you're going in to try one on, I think it's like at least a thumb in between your toe and the end of the boot. And I would say at the very least. And 
basically why you're doing that or why you hear some people saying that they're half sizing up in their boots is because um, a lot of this downhill stuff on the trail um, where you're you're like digging your you're digging your foot into the ground going downhill and it shoots your foot forward in that boot and if your toes start hitting the front of that toe box you are going to want to throw them away by the time you get to where you're going if you have any toenails left because like it can be super painful on the front of your toes. So that's one thing if you're going to try boots on, make sure you get them like laced up nice and tight like you think you're going to wear them and then like tap on your toe a lot and just be really confident. You don't want to buy a boot that's too big, um, but you want to be very confident that if you're going downhill, especially, you know, you pack on 50, 60 pounds, 80 pounds more if you're packing meat, going down and shoving your toe into the toe box, it's going to be miserable. So something to certainly think about there. Um, and then another thing with fit, you know, if you think, um, if you really like the boot, but like, the fit could be a little bit different and I think this is more so in your arch area is you can look at insoles. Um, super feet I think are great insoles. They make a tons of gajillions of different kinds. I think they even make like um, the one I use a lot is the guide and I like that one. I have like a mid, I don't have a super high arch. I have like a mid high arch if that's even a thing. Um, but those are great options. They're pretty cheap which is great to try and they're pretty much like a plug and play like you go find the size um you know the size range that fits your boot you cut them to size take your old insoles out put your new insoles in give them a shot and see how they work um, another option is for a custom option that is like supposed to be tailored to the hunting market is called cheap feet um you know they're a good option they they, you purchase them, they send you like a molding thing that you step your foot into, you send it back to them, they will make your insole and then send it back to you. So that is, there's more of a, you know, more of a time frame to get them. They are more customized, but they're pretty damn expensive and they take a while to make. So in my opinion, I would go through and try the super feet first um, before you go to the sheep feet option. But I have a pair of the sheep feet and uh, they are comfy and certainly, you know, are molded to your foot. So that is a good option. Um, okay. Boots real quick that I've used over the last couple of years that really stand out to me. Um, I have an ankle issue. I rolled my ankle really bad on a sheep hunt. I'm really glad that I didn't break it a while back. Um, but gosh, that's been almost God, six, seven years ago, probably now. I didn't do the math before this podcast, but it's been a while and it still every once in a while will give me hell, especially if I have uh, a pretty flexible boot on, especially when I'm walk, trying to walk straight uphill. Um, it just tweaks it a little bit and gosh, it'll just about drop me when it, when it tweaks. So one thing that I have found that has really helped with that are these stiffer boots because it gives me more of a platform that my foot is on um, without flexing. So instead of getting a lot of flexing like out of my toes and like, you know, through my foot and really um, stretching out that calf muscle, cranking on that calf muscle, um, a 
a stiff boot gives you a better platform to stand on that is, and I would say, almost say like just a more consistent platform. Um, there's not that much tweaking and, and all that stuff. Um, one boot that I have been wearing a little bit this year is the um, Crispy La uh, Laponia. And it is the new updated version. And one thing that has been really interesting about that boot for me is it really flexes like right behind your toes, um, oftentimes where you want it to flex. Um, and I will say too, at first it like pinched me a little bit and I didn't really like that, but the more I wore it, broke it in. It's like, it doesn't pinch me at all now. Um, but anyways, that is the first boot that I've worn that I think bridges the gap between a soft boot and a stiff boot as far as um, stiff when you need it and comfortably flexible when you're not. So like for trail purposes, it flexes really well. It flexes in the right spot to just like propel you down the trail. Um, but there's another stiffness that nobody, it seems, talks about too much. And that is what Kendall from Crispy defines as torsionally stiff. So that is like, if you take a boot in your hands, you have, um, you know, one hand on the toe, one hand on the heel, and you twist it back and forth, like not, don't flex it, you know, towards each other like you would walk. Try to like twist it back and forth. And that boot is not going to have much for torsion, torsion flexibility. And that, that torsional flexibility or not being flexible torsionally has been, I think what I've kind of narrowed down to like, the key thing if you have ankle problems like that is what you don't want to happen with a pair of boots if you have any kind of ankle issue is you do not want that sole to flex um torsionally or gosh flex uh rotationally you could say um front and back doesn't really seem to hurt as much but that torsion is what seems to be an issue and if you're side healing a lot like you don't want that thing to be able to flex that much in that way. So, um, something to think about there. Uh, torsionally stiff boots are fantastic. Again, like the Brixel's probably been my favorite boot. Um, they make it a lightly insulated version. They make a non-insulated version and then they make a version that is super stiff. They're SFs. I know a lot of uh, sheep guides and goat guides that actually wear that boot like pretty religiously. So that's good to hear. I love that boot. Um, you know, the Crispies from, or the Colorados from Crispy, I've talked about that as well. Uh, that's not as narrow of a boot as the Brixel, but still fairly stiff. Like, that is a really, really good hunting option, in my opinion. Um, I've used the, the Hanwag Mokra Combis. I will say with the Combi version of them, I didn't like the sole as much. They weren't as luggy in the sole and I would just like fall a lot if we were like on a trail with um, kind of like loose rock or loose um, dirt. It seemed like it was easy to fall and I just think that that was, or easy to slide and I think that that was because of the, the soles weren't super luggy. Um, and then the Schnee's Kestrel, those are a pretty like, they're not really a stiff boot at all. Um, and for like flatland stuff, those have been good. Uh, the Salewa Rapache, 
I wore those a couple years ago. Um, those were a really good option. They were really narrow, and the sole was really narrow as well. Um, but it did give you a nice luggy heel. Um, I think Jim Carr did a, a review on those a couple of years ago as well. Salewa Raven 3s, I've talked about those already. Um, the La Sportiva Trango Cube, one of my all-time favorite stiff boots, um, has had a good rocker in it. Um, but they don't make that anymore, unfortunately, which makes me very sad. But it has kind of been replaced with that Equilibrium LT boot that I was just talking about. And gosh, so yeah, that's kind of what I've got there. There, Honestly, there are tons of new boots out um, from all of these companies. You know, I'd say, um, you know, you got Schnees uh, or Schnees. You have Hanwags. You know, you do have the Kenetrek options for leather boots. Um, as far as mountaineering boots go, I've had the best luck with La Sportiva for both like fit and durability. Um, if you have a really narrow toe box and you've been having trouble finding boots, give, um, what the heck am I trying to say? Give the Scarpas a try. And then the Salewas are also, um, a good option as well. So go, you know, do your thing, give those things a look. I would say... I really, a lot of times, I am pointing folks in the crispy direction. I think that they their selection of boots from, like, more trail runners all the way up to sheep and goat hunting boots, um, they have, like, the biggest selection of footwear. And, honestly, great customer service, um, a really awesome company, and great made boots. And um, I would give them, give them a look if you're in the the uh, the market um, and then lastly I want to wrap my little end of this up before we we roll in with Chuck I want to talk about foot care a little bit um, Luco tape for blisters you know have some kind of kit with you to treat blisters and know when you're getting a blister like if you start feeling a little hot spot on the side of your foot like stop and tape that thing and just get it taken care of before it even becomes a problem um, if I'm going on a long trip or a backpacking trip for the weekend or anything like that. Like I, I get uh, hot spots on my heels, especially when my feet start to sweat. It's just been something that I've always had to deal with. I just pre-tape my heels, and um, if I think I'm gonna get a hot spot or start getting a hot spot anywhere, I just stop and tape it up and just don't even, don't even worry about it. Um, but it's definitely worth stopping and taking care of. Um, I've got this stuff from Amazon. It's basically Luco tape, but instead of being in a roll, like a duct tape roll, it's still in a roll, but each, um, it's like individually, I don't want to say wrapped, or it's individually um, has like a backer on it. So instead of untaping it from itself and then taping it onto like, um, your trekking poles or something like that. So you can just take a little bit with you instead of the whole roll. This stuff, you can actually just roll off what you want, cut it, and then it has a backer on it that you peel off that reveals the, adhes uh, the adhesive side. So I think that that has been a game changer as far as just being able to pack it. Um, good socks, obviously. Good socks are really good. I personally don't use a liner. I have tried before and I just haven't really been a big fan just because you have two socks on and I don't know. I don't love it. So um, for a really lightweight thin sock, honestly the crispy socks are 
really kick ass. Um, I use those things like almost daily. Um, you know, for more, get more into the the midweight socks where you need like a little bit more sock, a little bit more cushion. Um, the darn tough socks are super legit, uh, hard to beat. They make a gajillion different kinds of cushions and heights and all the things. So give those a look. And then like First Light is another sock that I use all the time. Um, their OTC sock is an over the calf sock, which I really like. Um, getting a sock that compress or goes over your calf a lot of times will help with shin splints and I do occasionally have an issue with those so um, like a compression sock to compress your um, calf can be good so I really like those OTC socks from First Light um, and I think that's it and with all that rambling we will kick it right over to Chuck and we'll talk a little bit more and get his take on boot stiffnesses and what he thinks the average person uh, wants in the mountains. We kind of thought it'd be a good time for you to come on and just kind of talk about different stiffnesses of boots and mostly what those stiffnesses are for because they do have a use. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there have been recommendations for probably just the extreme sides of the spectrum out there. You either have guys maybe using a full shank mountaineering boot or a really minimalist shoe. But um, I think that probably in the middle of the road, you're going to be a little better off. And with that full shank mountaineering boot, we're talking really harsh terrain, probably more of a winter boot. I mean, if you're up in the mountains and going to be like a late season hunt or something and you're dealing with a bunch of crunchy snow and steep terrain that's really the only time i would recommend that as far as an archery hunt goes here in the lower lower 48 it just seems like it's overkill and because they're so stiff it's going to give most of the control to the ball of your feet which is what they're supposed to do um, when you're wearing crampons and stuff. So you can really dig into ice and kick in steps and snow and whatnot. But as far as like use during archery season, walking down a trail, they're just absolutely going to suck. It's way, way too much. I think there's no flex, you know, they are going to be good for carrying heavy weight, but why would you wear this really stiff boot when you might not even pack out? And even if you do like what it's going to be for the 10% you're in the mountains. I just think that it's way, way too much. A lot of the time. Um, I wore the, the Scarpa Charmeau for a, a long time or not a long time, not really a long time at all, like a season maybe, and only really like September when I was archery hunting and then during the summer in some rough terrain. But like those would be a full shank, wouldn't they? Yes, those are a full shank, what I would consider a full shank. Uh, I'm not sure like every boot manufacturer nowadays kind of uses a different method and materials like with a full real shank, it used to be steel. And now I know they use like carbon and nylon and fiberglass even. But what I consider a full shank is a boot that you try to flex in your hand and you're not going to be able to move it more than about a quarter inch. Like that is a really stiff boot, not being able to flex it in your hand. 
more than a quarter inch in my mind. And uh, yeah, I've uh, put a pair of the Shara mods on. Um, I actually have a pair of the Trango Towers and uh, by La Sportiva and a pair of the Loa Mountain Experts as well, which I really like in winter terrain and steep winter terrain. I feel like it's a great option. But as far as like in the warm months and walking up hills, they just, you kind of have to switch back up hills to avoid getting blisters on your heel or take lots of breaks because of foot fatigue with something that stiff. It's all really relative, I guess, to what people want, but. What about, like, what is the difference, I guess, the shank that's in a boot, I guess, could you kind of, you know, break that down a little bit? Like, the difference between a full shank and a three-quarter shank? And I don't know if they have, do they have halves? Um, I don't know if they do have halves. I know that, like, right now we have this area of boots that used to not exist. Like, we used to, ha we have, like, hiking and kind of hunting boots, which are, can range to, like, a mid-stiff boot. Then we have a full shank stiff boot. And now there's this gray area, like, a lot of these, uh, mountaineering companies are coming out with this what i would call three-quarter shank boot and something like that is more of like a three-season alpine boot uh like uh the trango cube los sportivas trango cube was one of the first to come out with a boot mm -hmm. like that which is like really lightweight three-season boot pretty stiff for most guys i would consider that but it definitely has more flex than a uh what the charm mods that you had like that boots really really stiff right now i have the slaywa raven threes actually that i'm testing out this year and i really really like those it's my first pair of slaywas i've actually had sweet yeah so when i had the charmaz uh that the trango cube is what i went to after that and those like are still my my favorite. I think those, uh, the Trangos are still my favorite for sure. Um, I'll, I'll have those boots forever. And just cause they're, I don't know, they just fit, you know, they just fit my feet really well. And I just like that, that balance of stiffness, but they're still not so stiff that when you're going down the trail, they're gonna, you know, sound like Frankenstein as much. Um, and then, yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Like, I've tried walking in my really stiff boots going on backpacking trips, like just testing them out. And it's like, you're going to get five to seven miles back. And by the time you get up to the terrain they're designed for, your feet are fatigued. It's like, you're going to have to get out, take a break. And it's just like, you're, you have some hot spots here and there. It's just not ideal. And most climbing guys, are going to use an approach shoe or like a lighter weight hiking boot, even like the Trango or something lighter maybe to get up to the terrain where they actually use that full shank boot. So it just, it doesn't make sense for hunting in my mind since you could be hunting anywhere from like a mile away from your truck up to like seven to 10 miles, depending where you find the game. It's just, I think you need to be versatile in the boot you choose and the train you want instead of just being so single-minded on 
you just heard that a really stiff boot is great for rugged terrain. Yeah, it is, but I think it's designed for a specific use and you should use that boot for that use. Yeah, totally makes sense. So like for, uh, you know, for let's say in Colorado, a high country mule deer hunt where you're probably going to be above Alpine, what kind of a boot would you recommend there? Just a mid, uh, what I would call a three quarter shank boot. Um, even a boot like, uh, Oh, those crispy Colorados are fairly stiff. They're not like as stiff as the Trango cube, I would say, but I think they're stiff enough to support most hunters. And yeah, I mean, if you're going to be dealing with rocky terrain, it depends on the area. You know, if you're 12 to 14,000 feet, you're definitely going to want something a little more substantial under your foot and you're going to be doing a lot of side hilling and just dealing with steep, steep terrain. There's also, I was going to say, there's also, so uh, I know a few other companies have come out with some boots this past year that I actually tried out and they didn't fit my feet the best, but I know uh, Loa just came out with this Alpine SL boot and Caden boot, those are new for this year, as well as uh, Mammut came out with the Task Light, and then you have Salewa uh, Pros, which are good stiff boots. I have the Raven 3s, which uh, are a six inch high boot that I really like because if I need to cross a stream or something and plant my foot in the middle of a rock that's underwater, or like little sandbar or something I can get away with it and not just soak my feet. Okay. What are you, that totally makes sense. What do you, re- you know, kind of on the, Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, what do you recommend? What are you running? So those Trango cubes for the high country, I kind of switch over. I really like switching over to those, but like I, tr- I started using the um, Colorado's from crispy this year. And that boots really, if you kind of, and that's kind of what your feet get along with too. I like a little bit stiffer boot. So um, if you like a little bit stiffer boot, I think that thing is really hard to beat for almost kind of an all around boot. Like I still use it here in Nebraska where it's really, I mean, we're in the sand hills too. It's really sandy and you know, not the terrain isn't super rocky or rough. Um, but I can still get away with those Colorados. Um, they're a little stiff, you know, they're a little stiffer than they need to be for here for sure. But it's something that I can get away with here and then I can take it to the high country and, and it still performs. So I've been super happy with those. And then I wore the Brickstall last year for the, the mountains. Ah, they're, they're a little bit more stiff than the Colorado's, even though they say that they're both a four flex. Um, they're a little bit stiffer and I don't think I would get away with them quite as well here as the Colorado, but yeah. So that's, that's kind of what I'm going to use is this, uh, this year is that Colorado quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Those looked like they were built really well. They're the stitching around the, the rand on them. I was like, they really are built well. I thought for durability, uh, they weren't as stiff as I thought they were going to be, but they, uh, they kind of ride the line, I think, between a traditional hunting boot and this uh, three-quarters shank uh, mountaineering style boot. Yeah, and that's one thing that, yeah, there's a lot of people that after I put that review out, they bought them and then they're like, well, we they're okay, but they're they're not a stiff boot at all. But 
I still really think that they're kind of like you said, they're in that gray area where it's not like a, a really stiff Scarpa boot, but it's, it's definitely more stiff than, uh, than like the traditional hunting boot. And so I still kind of lean towards, they are a stiffer boot for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think for like most guys coming from the Midwest or the East, like that's really going to be a good transition boot that can handle a lot of terrain. But it, I mean, if you're strictly hunting Alpine environments, you might, you may want to go with just a little bit more stiffer. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, so this is a kind of coming from the other side of it, going like from a really soft, um, flexible boot to like a, a more stiff boot, you know, you coming from Iowa, I'm sure, you know, you'd, you don't really need a, a stiff boot out there for sure for like the guys in tree stands. Um, so for those kind of guys that are coming out West, why would you want to have a little bit stiffer, that stiffer boot, whether that's just, I mean, you know, the traditional kind of hunting boot, but a little like a step above, I guess the extra, yeah, I guess, you know what I'm trying to say? Right. Yeah. 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 Well, they offer protection against the, sole of your foot uh more when you're side hilling and they handle the rocks a lot better if there's a section of rocks you need to get through i i also think they're better for climbing really steep slopes uh there's just more support on your whole foot when you're going up and down uh when your foot's flexing on a really soft boot for just hours on end i mean it can be a little bit troublesome, especially if you've got 50 pounds or man, if you're, if you're packing out some meat, it's going to be a problem. I mean, you want to be able to come in and maybe pack out another load. I know like all my hunting I do is solo just because I don't know a lot of people out here who hunt, but the pack outs I've done each year, I've definitely appreciated a, a much stiffer boot. Um, I think with a stiffer boot too, you know, you're using like, uh, with a softer boot, you're going to use more of your calf muscles versus like that stiffer boot gives you a little bit better platform when you're on steep hills that you're going to use more of like your quad. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You can, I, you might cramp up more with a real soft boot like that. It's definitely a possibility. The, the real lightweight mm -hmm. guys, I know I've heard um, hunters like suggesting trail runners as well or minimalist shoes to guys and I, I look at that too and I'm like oh man like god forbid you have to like walk through some deadfall and kick branches out of the way or go down like a scree field that's like got falling and sliding with you and it's just like or it snows like a few inches it's just I don't understand why the you would never use like a boot even just if you like the soft style of a shoe, I would still recommend go with a boot with at least some ankle protection. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's a, a few people that'll just wear like the Solomon, um, dang, whatever those things are called. Just the little trail runners. They have like, they're really, uh, like really grippy sole on them, but they're just trail runners, like just ankle high, not even ankle high, really. Um, and yeah, they'll put gaiters on with those, but it just doesn't, it doesn't seem good. And I know one guy who used to do that and they got, I think they got snowed on and he talked about like, he's never going to do that again and got a, a better pair of boots. 
Right. Yeah. I know they're, they're real popular with like the through hikers guys doing like 50 to a thousand miles. They really like those trail runners just because I think they're so cushy from, you know, running requires a different kind of shoe because of the impact you're taking as you're running. Both feet are coming off of the ground and as you land, you know, so I, they feel really comfortable underfoot, but in the end, you know, you're not going to have as much support as a stiffer boot when you need to like grip on a few inches of rock going around something and just relying on the stiffness for the rest of your foot, you know, to use a kind of a mid-grade boot to a three-quarter shank, I think would be pretty good for most guys in general looking for a boot for the West and mountain hunting. All right, that is a wrap on this week's podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I know this episode was a little more cut up than usual, but I'm trying to integrate a lot of our awesome earlier episodes that we recorded that still hold a lot of um, merit, but are now dropped off of the major platforms because we have like 100 episodes that just stay on um, the major platforms. So trying to integrate a lot of that stuff, same awesome information, trying to put it in a new format. So if you have any recommendations of what you want to hear, please email me, jordan at rockslide, rokslide.com, jordan with an A, and I will try and, and set it up and get on it. We've got a lot of great episodes coming up this month, so tune in and have an awesome summer.